Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our take on it. And it's Deborah and Jackie. We're back. And today we're going to talk about the British monarchy, Harry and Meghan Markle. And the question is, why did they decided to do this documentary besides the $100 million deal with Netflix? Why would they go and speak against the royal family or expose the royal family? Is it because of the money? Because, you know, they've been cut off. And so, of course, you know, a man got to live. Man cannot live by bread alone, right? They got to live by some words. And they put some words out there um, about the family. But how much of it was influenced by, you know, Megan? And how much is the, of it was really influenced by Harry? Like, was he, is he being influenced by his wife? Do women really control a man's, how do I say, life in a sense? And I know everybody thinks that Megan has such a strong hole in Harry and he's in this rabbit hole with her and he's not happy. He can't scream 911 for help because his choice was to marry her, bring her home. And they decided to move to the States because they want to have a private life. But how much of a more private life can you get when you expose yourself to the world through a documentary on Netflix for a hundred million? Jackie. Yes, Jeff. You want my take on the situation? I need I your take on this. I need some I, angles here. Yeah, I, I, I think you started out perfectly. I think it, it is a, a monetary issue predominantly. And, and yes, I would go so far as to say that Megan has asserted herself, you know, by, by taking full advantage of Harry's vulnerabilities. And, and that was quite clear. I mean, he was obviously a little bit of a, a rebel raiser in the royal family. You know, he caused his own little trouble. He had his moments where he was withdrawn and isolated, you know, um, where he escaped, you know, through the military. Uh, he had very serious uh, losses in his young life, losing his beloved mother. Uh, who was really, really good to, to both boys. You know, she was the centerpiece of, of their universe. And so I think he had the battle scars, and, and he was moldable, you know, from, from Megan's standpoint. I do believe he loves Megan. There's no question about it. You know, he has two children with her. They seem happy together. But I think that, that Megan is, is quite sophisticated in the sense that she did enter into this uh, marriage and all of the the things associated with the royal lifestyle. But I think she made up her mind very early that she did, really didn't want to be a part of that. And I think that she looked for ways to dismantle, you know, Harry's presence in that area. And it, it really is a pretty stifling withdrawal for somebody like Harry. Like, we can't just say that, you know, this was a piece of cake for him to abandon his family and, and move away from all the things he's known since he was born. He may have been you know, third in line to the throne, or, well, actually, he's pushed farther back now that William has a son. But still, you know, he had a place in his family. Uh, he is, you know, um, the Queen's grandson, okay? And, you know, nobody can say a bad word about Queen Elizabeth. She was an amazing monarch. She loved all her family for who they were. She was she was brazen. She was honest. She was hardworking. So she will forever be held in history in the highest esteem. But I think she was disappointed with Harry walking away from the family. She gave him permission to do so, but he had to lose a lot of his prestigious titles, you know, to be able to do that. Um, I think maybe Megan doesn't fully understand the fact that the loss over time may be more difficult for him than he realizes. 
because, you know, it was just him and his brother kind of against the world. Yes, Charles became a better father to them. But, you know, a lot of things are being said about Charles now that he is uh, king. And I don't think he's in his mother's league by any standard of the imagination. So I don't know if he's estranged to his son because of racial issues. We don't really know. We're listening to Harry and Meghan's viewpoint. Now, let's let's just look at one thing, okay? The monarchy is a thousands-of-year-old institution, okay? And yes, it is going to have its prejudicial uh, prejudices and, and racial aspects. There's no question about it. And all of us seemingly are kind of horrified, thinking, oh, my God, this poor girl, she said she was almost suicidal because of all these things. Eh, I'm, a, I'm a little suspicious. I, I don't, don't think that that Megan strikes me as a pathetic sort of weakened individual. I think she's a strategist. I think she's incredibly smart. She's intelligent. She's organized in what she wants. And I think she definitely wanted to live back in the United States. She was able to take Harry along, and he seems to be reasonably happy there. Um, you know, and they have made a family and a life for them. But I do think that she is pushing the buttons in this relationship. I think she's controlling the outcome. She's kind of introducing him to the Hollywood world and all the power players in that world. And she's kind of taking him away from his traditional roots. Now that his father is king, at least they were all able to be amicable during the queen's funeral. But now it's time, you know, for either Harry to be completely estranged from his family. And I think that would hurt him in a way that we none of us can imagine. Because that is his father. That is his brother. Um, he gets along very well with Kate. You know, he has nieces and nephews and cousins there. So, you know, I think she's being a bit selfish, you know, wanting to isolate him from all of this. That's just my personal opinion. Have I watched this series? No. Because I'm, my, my feelings are kind of mixed. I, I do support the royal family and a lot of their traditions. There are many things about them that I admire. But in the same token, I'm also not an advocate of racial, you know, condemnation or discrimination. And with all due respect, you know, the United States has its own history in that regard. So it is a complicated uh, subject for many countries when historical discrimination goes back hundreds of years. You know, it, it's not settled just overnight. Well, that's the thing. Um, again, I do have my own mixed emotions about it. Will I watch it? Maybe I'll watch it out of curiosity to see what they really have to say. But I just don't understand um i can understand megan's reason or motive for want to speak about the royal family i just don't understand why harry would even go along with it or get involved in exposing his family dynamics and their issues you know what i mean um as far as i'm concerned megan is using this race card a lot to say oh they discriminate against it. this woman look more white than than white look like white okay she doesn't look black to its fullest degree although she is mixed i'm not saying that but must you push the elements of race to have an upper hand to say Let's talk about the family in a way from a racial standpoint, because that's the only way she's going to attack them from a racist standpoint. Outside of that, she doesn't really have a leg. So let's say it wasn't yeah, racist. I totally agree. I mean, yeah, let's say let's say they weren't racist towards her, which is kind of what she highlights every moment that she gets, right? Let's say she, they wasn't racist towards yeah. her and they embraced her. 
would she still want to isolate Harry from his family? Would she still not have her intentions clear about how manipulative she really wants to be with this young guy? I mean, she's trying to portray the mother that Harry misses. She's trying to put all the characteristics together in within herself to fit a Diane, which she could never be. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting, right? So if they were really nice to her as they are to Kate, would she still feel the same way? Would there be a story to tell? Would Harry feel the way he felt? Would Harry do the things that he's doing? You know? So the motive here is really to use the race card to discriminate and dismantle the kingdom. <laughs> but I tell you what, even though that $100 million deal that they've gotten, this still can shake the kingdom. Because it's he said, she said, they said, right? And the queen and the yeah. king have more on their side that they don't care to expose to the world to prove Megan's and Harry's story or to back up their story. You know, William is not going against the family. You know where he stands. If he has to isolate from his brother, he chosen that side. They both have chosen sides, right? So we'll never know the truth. Even with this documentary, that's just he said, she said. Exactly. And and those are all good points you drew attention to. I, I agree with you. I think it is what I would call airing dirty laundry to a certain extent. And there are some things that should remain within a family and not be totally publicized, especially a family with the international reputation and prestige that members of the royal family have. So that's one side of it. And and I, I, I have heard, to, to simplify it, that Megan was quite a bitch. Okay, from the moment she came into the royal family, she made demands on everything to be changed, how she wanted to be served in different ways, and how she wanted, you know, to uh, to have things presented to her, or even people to disturb her, like, you know, to knock on her door, even with services she wanted to be able to, to plan when people could even talk to her. So I have heard that she was quite the little manipulator right from the beginning. That the minute she moved in, she kind of took control and expected things to be directed according to her protocol and her plans. And she's used to running her own show, and, and nobody disputes that. But that is not the way the royal family works. The royal family is an institution. It is surrounded by people who dictate everything about you, um, how you present yourself, your time, your meeting, your appointment, your interaction. You are molded for the job, and it is not an easy job. Okay, so you, you either are committed to it or you're not. And and I don't think that Megan was ever committed to it, even before she stepped foot into the palace. And the thing I is, Megan was not the first black woman to have entered into the monarchy either. Penelope was. So I don't understand. Like, that's a whole generation started from a black woman in the monarchy anyways, right? Yeah. There was a black woman in the monarchy that gives a generation to this generation. So saying that you've been treated a certain way. And so what if you've been treated? They're family that you're not even like an outsider and you're being treated a certain way. In her family, she's been treated a certain way by her sister, right? So exactly. so, so she's not, she's not new. She's not new to discrimination. Hollywood has treated her a certain way, but these are the things that they wouldn't talk about. I'm pretty sure not everybody embraced her in Hollywood like she seemed to be the princess that she wants to be. No, she's she's had her challenges with race before. So going into the the, the 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 going into the monarchy is no different. And and she may be the one that orchestrated that whole thing 
for it to turn out the way she wanted it to turn out. Yeah, I think that, you see, this is the problem with racism, to be perfectly honest, because racism has a power dynamic. And the person who is alleging racism or using it to feed off of uh, a scenario uh, is usually some people who doesn't really care about the average person without the resources that they have who is suffering from racism. In other words, if you're an O.J. Simpson and you're a successful football player, do you really give a damn about tenements or people suffering in, in, in a more condemned lifestyle who can't even get a job because of the color of their skin? Do you really care about that? As you say, Megan has a prestige lifestyle. She's an established celebrity, okay? And basically, she can pick and choose her parts and the things that she wants to get into. So she is a successful woman. She is a woman who has colored blood in her, but she's successful enough that she doesn't have to use the race card as something that holds her down. She's a woman of strength and, and uh, performance and capability. And instead of using race, to say I was discriminated against and I was weakened and I was almost pushed to suicide. She should use her race to actually elevate yes. non-white people in the monarchy. She should be using her race as a, as a power force. Not yes, to, as, a, as a motivator and inspiration, you know. She should turn the negative into the positive by writing a book or coming out, or even when you sit down with Oprah to discuss you know, you should, there should be some discretion to that where you, you talk highly because, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, you want to heap coals on those that wrong you, you know, on their head. You don't, you don't, you don't stoop to their level. Even if they treated you a certain way, why are you stooping to the level of trying to bring them out in public and dragging them? No, you don't do that because that's not what that is about. What it's about is overcoming the triumph. What it's about is overcoming the the challenges that you face. How are you supposed to be a leader when you can't even handle crit criticism, especially if it's a constructive one? <laughs> okay, sweetheart, you're not so black. Okay, if I say to you, you're not so black, I don't think that is a... I don't think that's a harsh criticism at all. I think that's a complimentary criticism. And you should say, well, thank you so much. I was thinking I was blacker than that, but thank you for acknowledging my, 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 my partial <laughs> racialness to me, you know, yeah. like make, make light of the situation. Don't become the situation. Yeah. Has been as present as they can in a number of social issues. And they are to be admired for that. Like, Harry has taken on mental health, which is a real crisis in today's world. And he and William have shown you the pain that they went through with the loss of their mother and how they had to pick up all the broken pieces of their life and, and deal with so much. And they have made it through. And whatever you want to say, um, you know, Charles's remarriage to Camilla, a woman that he obviously loved and should never have married Diana in the first place, but whatever it is, she has been a good mother to the boys. You know, she has helped to bring both of them out of their crisis and turn them into good, powerful young men. And I think Megan should have entered that family as a strong biracial woman who wanted to promote biracial issues, of which London has its own racial concerns. And yeah, she should have been the one to break the barrier. She should yeah. have been the one to break the barrier. Yeah. So I, I think that the fact that she's using it to indicate that she was a victim, I think is really not only prejudicial, but I think it's it's deceptive, and I think it's a, a money-making scheme. It is. I, 
I really do. It is. Well, I don't know how many people are going yeah. to watch this segment, but ladies and gentlemen, if you do watch this segment with Harry and Megan, please feel free to comment on our podcast. We want to hear your opinion. We want to hear your thoughts about it because it's kind of on a left and a right decision here. And we're like in the middle. Like we, I can't, I can't, I, I can't decide, you know who's the perpetrator and who's not, right? They have a story, it's he said, she said. But we know that we're not going to expect any kind of rebuttal from the monarchy because they're like, we don't have anything to say. Why should we say anything to fuel their argument or to fuel the success? We're not going to contribute to that. And I think that's what they're expecting because if the, if the, if William or Kate or anybody were to actually do an interview about it, you know how much money they would stand to make on that? Oh yeah. yeah. But they, I don't think they're going to do that. They're just going to listen to all the the negative drawbacks. They're going to listen to all the things that people have to say and they don't have to say anything because they've always been silent about a lot of things and this is no difference. I agree. Totally. Yeah. Well said. I mean, it, it's like sour grapes because they have chosen to distance themselves from this and they have used the excuse that we want our privacy. We want to leave all of this behind. You're not private, my dear. You are totally public. You're You've made yourself public. You yes. ever have been. Exactly. And people are watching and observing and making judgments about you and, and seeing you right out front. I mean, you've chosen one of the most open countries in the world to live in. So there is nothing private about, I mean, the press is bad in, in the United Kingdom, but it's also pretty rough in the United States. So you're not getting a free ride by being in that country. That's no, and, and also you're not getting a free ride by accepting a $100 million deal. Because I tell you something with Hollywood, in order to get something out of here as quickly as possible, the silence of Hollywood will definitely drown it out. So if nobody's going to hype it up or talk about it, this documentary won't even have a second part as they're planning. It wouldn't because people's silence will speak for itself. Just like, you know, the Balenciaga story. I don't hear nobody talk about it anymore. They say, you don't talk about it. We don't, no celebrities speak about it. Trust me, they'll forget about it and we'll continue with our demonic behavior. So that's, that's, that's Hollywood for you. You don't speak yeah, about it. Exactly. It never existed. It never happened. Yeah, I think their story is going to grow old very soon. It, it's already grown old. It's already yeah. grown old. So, I, I you know. I think they need to do something that shows self-respect independence and the promotion of societal values rather than just be complainers and, 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 you know, uh, attackers. Yeah. So I think that's the direction they need to turn in. If they want to live in the United States, I think that Harry should make peace with his family. And I think that they should show some unity, even from across the pond, rather than this division and decisiveness. I agree. All right. Well, that's our take on Harry and Megan's and the monarchy. You have your opinions. You have your take on it. Let's hear it. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a wonderful and positive new year. Let's leave 2022 with a lot of uh, its baggages and take into 2023 positive things. All right. Absolutely. And we will be looking at this podcast, its future direction, and hopefully building on our audience and you know, seeing what additions of a positive nature that we can make to have all our listeners enjoy our presentation even more. All the best for the season. Happy New Year and a very Merry Christmas Thank from you. Deb and Jackie.